everybody. Good morning, good morning. You are also welcome to Emmanuel Portadown this morning. Um, it's always really special whenever we come together to worship Jesus, but this morning is an especially special service because we have two dedications of two uh, extremely gorgeous and ridiculously cute little boys. Have we got those photos, Rose, to put up in a wee second? So for any family and friends who are here to celebrate this little one, Eli, and then we've got our next few one, and Matthew, you guys are especially welcome. So we hope that you will just be able to relax and uh, make yourselves feel at home. And dedication services are actually one of my absolute favorite things. And I was having to think about why that's the case. And I figured out that it makes me think of two things. Firstly, it makes me really thankful for this. Because God's design, his beautiful, perfect design is for church community. And basically, we're a family. That's what we are. And we're an imperfect family. There's no such thing as a perfect one. But we are a family who love each other who are committed to one another, and who love to journey and walk with each other as we do life through the good times and the tough times, and celebrating the arrival and the blessings of little ones such as Matthew and Eli. And the second reason why I absolutely love baby dedications is because it brings me right back to the sanctity of life. And I don't know about you, but whenever I see for the first time a new little baby, I'm completely filled with awe and wonder as I look at their wee fingers and just this little new being that God has formed and created. And I can't help but think, who are you and what has God put within you? What's your personality? What are you going to like doing and not like doing? And how's life going to pan out for you? What is it going to look like? And I just felt God wanted me to share with all of you today. Yes, we're here specifically to focus and to celebrate Matthew and Eli. But for every one of you sitting here today, you are also fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, we have in common um, our creator God, and you are no less significant in fact, you're made in the very image of God. No matter how you feel about yourself today, that is the truth. So as we celebrate these little boys um, and as we enter into worship in a wee second, I just want to speak that over you today. All of you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And there's a verse, or a couple of verses I'm going to read to you just to lead into worship um, of this incredible creator I am speaking about. Um, and these verses are just so, so personal. So this is Psalm 139, and I'm just going to read from verses 13 to 16. So this is being spoken over you today. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Yes, Father, we give this morning into your hands. And Lord, we invite your presence, we invite your Holy Spirit to be with us. Just to rest upon everyone here. And Father, your word says that perfect love casts out fear. And your love, your heart, your compassion for each one of us is perfect. And Father, we pray that you would just reveal more of yourself and your heart um, for everyone gathered here this morning. Yes, Jesus, we just invite you to have your way. Amen. Okay, everybody, if you want to take your seats. Okay, thank you very much, guys. Um, I just want to take you through a couple of announcements before we invite our families up um, and focus on these little ones. Um, so the first thing I want to draw your attention to is that we are beginning um, a four-week course, which is starting tonight, um, called Believing and Belonging. Um, and really, this is for anybody who's maybe has con been connecting with church for a little while, who perhaps has decided to put down roots or maybe would like to find out a little bit more about Emmanuel, about our heart, our vision, who we are, all that sort of thing. So we're meeting here tonight, as I say, at half past six. Um, if you just want to come along, um, you're so welcome to do that. You know, you're not, it's not a commitment that you're here for all four weeks if you come tonight. Um, but we would really love to see you and just um, help you understand a little bit more about who we are. Um, corporate prayer will be taking place in Lurgan uh, this week on Wednesday. I think that's the 12th. Yep, the 12th of January at 8 p.m. And this is a time whenever both church families in Lurgan and Portadown come together um, to really focus on one particular area to cry out to God for and to really pray his lordship over. So um, that would be great if you could come to that. Now, we've just had a time of worship, and part of our worship is giving um, uh, from, from what the Lord has blessed us with. So um, we are a really generous family, church family, but I would just remind you and encourage you that um, if you would like to give of your tithes today, we have got our little red post box at the back. Um, so it would be super if you could do so before you leave today. Um, the last wee thing I just want to mention quickly is, um, as a church, we are trying to kind of go on a bit of a journey and encourage one another to get deeper into God's Word. Um, so we have two options of a year uh, Bible reading plan. One is uh, slightly less intense, if you like, um, which focuses on the New Testament and the Psalms. Um, and then there's a kind of full year uh, to get through the Bible in a whole year reading plan as well. And you can find details of that on our website. So I think that's all our bits and pieces. So I would really love to invite our two families to come up. And Al is going to be leading us through the voice for this. So, pardon? Yeah. Come on ahead. Come on ahead. Come on ahead up. 
if you if you wouldn't mind, um, Matthew and Hannah and Carissa and Samuel. Um, you okay there? Come on over this way a wee bit so you're not on the screen, not glares, not in your eyes. <laughs> just just a few wee thoughts before we dedicate the babies. It's great it's great to be together this morning. Um, really really great. My name's Alan. If you don't know me, I'm one of the other leaders here in Emmanuel. Put it down. And it's great that I welcome so many people in. But just before we, we dedicate babies, we'd just love to say a, a few things of why we feel this is such an important, sacred, and holy thing we're about to do. Children, as Debbie said at the start, are an incredible gift from God, as are all of our lives. Psalm 127, verse 3, I think it was read, says that, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, a f- the fruit of the womb, a reward. And um, just to say, we, we really, goes without saying, we love children here in Emmanuel Portown. We love, we love the holy kind of chaos that they bring into our lives and into our gatherings. And um, dedication really is, is a wonderful thing. And it's a sacred thing. It's a holy thing. And um, we want to be right in, in the midst of that. Psalm 8 verse 2, it's not on the screen, but this one says, Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. That, in other words, is so counterculture. You see, we don't realize it now in our world, but in biblical times, children were seen as lesser citizens. And so the Bible really reversed that, and we want to be stepping into that flow this morning as well. Here's a few scriptures on the screen before we get get to the dedication. Eli wants to make sure we get there a bit quicker than the way I'm going at the minute, all right? It says this in Deuteronomy chapter 6. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be upon your hearts. Look at this scripture here. Impress them on your children, okay? So that's, that's what we're doing today. Next one on the screen um, says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. Instead, look, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And the last one, just to emphasize the point, start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. It's a massive responsibility to be a parent. It's a massive responsibility to bring up um, our children. And, um, and so to recognize that, we and it's a massive thing to dedicate our children unto the Lord. It's a beautiful thing. It's an honorable thing. And it's not a light thing. And, and so we want to encourage the parents today They've got, they've got their hands full. Um, we, we all do. Those of us who have had the blessing of being parents, we want to love, encourage you to love God with every fiber of your being and love them with every fiber of your being. Yes, that's right. Um, and in the hope that they will become all that God created them to be. So I'm going to ask the parents just two questions. And then after I ask them two questions, I'm going to ask the church family to stand because we really believe that, um, you know, there's a little African proverb, isn't it? It takes, a, it takes a village to raise a child. We believe it's biblical. It takes a church to raise a child, actually. It takes a community and a family to raise a child. And we, we want to be, be about that this morning, all right? And so let me ask these questions to the parents before we, we pray. Parents, by coming forward before God and his people, do you declare with your desire to dedicate yourselves and your children unto the Lord? <laughs> Amen. Do you promise with God's help to provide a home full of love, security, peace, and to raise your child in the truth of the gospel in the hope that one day they may put their trust in Jesus Christ? Brilliant. 
Why don't we all stand together? Listen to these words, and if you could give a good hearty we do in response, family members and friends who are here just today to support um, the parents and the children and us as a church family here in Emmanuel Portadown. Do we promise with God's help to be faithful in our calling as members of the body of Christ to help these parents be faithful to God, to help teach and train their children in the ways of the Lord so that one day they may trust Him as Savior and as Lord? Brilliant, brilliant. Just stay standing and we're going to pray over our prayer over the children right now. So if, um, if the elder couples want to come forward that are going to be praying with each child. So what, what we're going to do is... Um, we're going to pray over each child just specifically. So we've two being dedicated in this service and two in our next service. And so our leadership team have been praying specifically over, over the individuals, um, the, the children. And so this, in, this, in this service, Eli and um, Matthew, and they're going to pray a prayer specifically over them. And I'm going to like them pronounce a dedication over them together. All right. So we'll go with Matthew first. All right. Yes, Father, we um, just lift up this family to you. Lord, we thank you so much for Matthew, for the gift that this little one is. And Father, thank you that you saw him when he was been shaped in his mother's womb, Father. Thank you that um, you know exactly who you have created this little one to be, that you know the destiny that you have um, for him. Yes, guys, and just as I was um, praying over Matthew this week, I really felt the Lord speak to me about um, the story of David and Goliath. And I felt that um, Matthew will be a real boy and a, a man of faith and courage, that the lens through which he sees life um, will be through how big and how great and how awesome and, and big his God is, um, and that that will be what he will measure everything else against. So, Father, just speak that, speak that over Matthew. May he be a man of faith and courage. Thank you, Jesus. And yes, Lord, we just uh, speak a blessing um, upon this family. And may they be a family that are drawn together, Lord, that they would enjoy um, raising Matthew, that they would be filled, Lord, with hope for his future, and that they would just mold him and shape him, Lord, seeing who you uh, are making him into, who he is becoming. And I pray that he would be a child that just knows, Lord, that you're with him at all times, that his awareness of you would be so deep, and that he would show and express your love to others. In Jesus' name. So, so Matthew, we bless you in, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. May the Lord bless you and keep you all the days of his, your life. May he raise his countenance up upon you and may the light of his face shine upon you. We welcome you into this family and we bless you today in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and we dedicate you unto the Lord in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. Bless you. Debbie's um, got a little gift for each of you as well, so, um, and for the children. So we want to bless you as you get on with being wonderful parents to Matthew. So we're going to pray for Eli now. 
You okay, we man? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's pray. We're just going to pray over Eli. Yeah, God, we just thank you for Eli, God. We just thank you for the precious gift he is to Samuel, Carissa, uh, Isla, God, and the whole family, God. We just, um, just pray protection over them as a family. God, we just pray that there'll be a tight unit, God, and that you'll protect them, um, especially with these these next days, God. And we just uh, thank you especially for him. We, we thank you for the meaning of his name. And God, we just pray that he'll be an influence, that he'll be elevated, God, as a man of God um, among his generation, God. We just pray that he will lead the way um, and just lead people to you, God. So we just thank you. Um, thank you for him. We just pray god um that he will use his voice god for you god and we just thank you um yes thank you for samuel and caressa god and we just pray and um, just wisdom for them as they um as they parent and um, both their kids god we just thank you um for your goodness amen yes god we pray for this whole family unit we thank you for the heritage that lord you have uh, upon their lives and lord have been prayed over them and into them and we pray for Lord Eli, today we thank you for this um, bundle of life, God, and vitality, and we thank you for, Lord, all the beautiful things that you have planned for his life and the destiny that you have for him. And so we welcome you into the family, Eli. We welcome you into the family of God. We welcome you into this community, and we bless you today in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we pray in Jesus' name that you would grow up to love and to serve the Lord Jesus. We pray the blessing and the, the face of the Lord to shine upon you all the days of your life. So we dedicate you unto the Lord in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Why don't we give them a round of applause? And Brilliant. Children are wonderful, aren't they? <laughs> Great. It's a, it is a pleasure and a blessing to be able to do uh, this this morning. If you're here with us this morning because you're here to support the families, then you're, you're really, really welcome. We're really glad you could come. Please don't be in a rush afterwards. Obviously, stay around and, um, uh, you know, obviously see family, family members and friends. And for our own church family, let's, um, let's welcome um, <clears throat> these little ones into our own church family today. I hope you don't mind. I'm going to take just about 15, 20 minutes here and share a, a, little, a, a little thought or two <laughs> on a theme that we're going through as a church family. Hopefully, if you're visiting with us, you're um, okay with that. Um, will not be too long. We'll try and aim for half 10 finish so um, you can um, go and um, continue to celebrate and dedicate in the dedications this morning. Um, we're just starting off, obviously, 2022. We've had wonderful news that the Lord is providing us the, um, a, a building in the middle of the town, which we'll move into um, later on this year, hopefully, um, or maybe towards the end of this year, if, um, if the Lord continues to give us grace to um, see miracles happen. Um, uh, we uh, he heard last week that we, we got a wonderful, generous, kind of spontaneous gift to help finance that building. 
And, um, and as a church family, we want to really take that serious. We want to use that building to serve our local community, to serve the people of Portadown. And uh, I guess with that, we've also been sensing that rather than just have a building, we want to be people that represent Jesus well. That in the New Testament, the Bible talks about the church being living stones, not just bricks and mortar. And so while it's great to have buildings and facilities, what's even more important is when it comes to church that the people represent the presence and the person of Jesus. And they carry something of his, um, his life in, in their everyday lives. And, and so because of that, we're looking at a, at a theme called life rhythms because I don't know about you, because, but uh, let me just you, move this little man kind of balloon a wee second. So because of that, we're looking at this theme called life rhythms because I don't know about you, but during coronavirus and uh, hopefully we're coming to the far end of it, please Lord. Um, but as, as we've been learning different things about our lives, I think one of the things that we've become aware of is there's, um, there's, there's you know, Prior, prior to this, a lot of people were, become, were coming aware that their lives were busy and there was a lot of stress in their lives. People felt a bit burnt out. And then certainly um, over the last year or so, it's become apparent and clear that many people um, are anxious and fearful and there's a lot of mental health problems and stuff like that. And so we, we feel like as, as, as Christians, as people who want to follow Jesus, that our lives aren't, aren't supposed to be like that, even though we're broken and flawed like other people and have tough times, all of that kind of thing. We, we at the same time feel like one of the best ways that we could represent Jesus is to have lives that reflect something of his peace. I guess that's what I'm saying, something of the peace of God. And, um, and we, we want Jesus to be the one that we follow in that way. And there's a, there's a verse in the screen. I think it's the first verse coming up. Um, it should say in Romans chapter 8. Yeah, it says this. It's the message version of this particular passage. It says, God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The son stands first in the line of humanity he restored. And in this line, look at this line, we see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. We see the original and intended shape of our lives in Jesus. So we, we really believe that. Um, I don't know if you do or not, but we really believe that even as we dedicate these kids, the original intended shape for their lives will come as they get a picture and an understanding of Jesus. Because each in their own individual way will reflect something of his goodness, okay? And, um, and so if God created us in his image to live uh, and love and enjoy the joy that he lived in, we feel that God came in Jesus not just to save us from eternity, lost and separate from him, but to show us how to live now. It's both and. And so we hear a lot in this country about eternal life, don't we? But we believe eternal life is not just about the quantity of life, but about the quality of life. It's both and. It's about living forever with Jesus um, and not separate from him. But it's also, it's also about what we get to enjoy now. Um, there was an old saint called Irenaeus. It's on the screen here, I think, this quote. And he said, the glory of God is man fully alive. Okay, the glory of God is man fully alive. And what, what, we wanna, what we've come to realize is Jesus was a man. He was fully God, but he was a man who was fully alive. Nobody lived more fulfilled and alive than Jesus Christ. He was a man who lived on the earth, and he invited us to this kind of life. This verse is quite a well-known one, John 10, 10, on the screens, the next slide. And it says this, that the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I have come, Jesus said, in order that you may have life. 
This was the promise, not just, as I say, for life after death, but for life now on the earth. Jesus lived life on his fullness, and he wants us to as well. Now, the thing about it is the church over the years hasn't done a brilliant job of portraying that. Do you ever see, like, medieval art of Jesus? Like, he looks like the most depressed, glum person that you've ever seen. Or some of the stuff that we see in some stained class. It doesn't necessarily inspire you to think the glory of God is a man fully alive. And sometimes, unfortunately, our churches can feel a bit dead, boring, not much going on. That's not the life of Jesus, because Jesus was a man who came to give us life, and life in all its fullness. And um, um, he was someone who lived like we live to an extent, but experienced joy in life in that. So he was a carpenter. He worked with his hands before he went about his ministry, but he also knew how to rest. He knew how to weep at funerals, but he also knew how to have a party at weddings. He knew how to like heal the sick, and he knew how to play with the kids. He knew how to preach a sermon, but he knew how to have fun with his mates. Jesus was this person who lived life in all its fullness and understood the gift of what it was to be a human being. See, Jesus didn't just come to make us a Christian. He did, but he came to show us how to be the the, the human, the humans, the human beings that we were initially created to be. And because sin in our lives has destroyed that and corrupted that, Jesus provided a way in the cross and in the resurrection for us to come back into relationship with him and to have this life in all his fullness that he promised us to have. And so I guess what we've been trying to say over the last few um, weeks or last week and as we go into the next few weeks, what we're trying to say is Jesus did this in what we would describe as a kind of emotionally, spiritually healthy way. He did it in a healthy way. He lived on the edge. He was countercultural. He was revolutionary, but he wasn't stressed out, wasn't anxious, wasn't depressed. He was free in and of himself. How did he do this? Well, what we're trying to say and what we're discovering more and more is Jesus did this because he had certain, as a human, like Jesus was fully God, but he was fully human. And as a man, he had certain practices and principles and disciplines and rhythms in his life that helped anchor him in the presence of God, that helped foster this life in all his fullness. It's quite interesting that you don't really hear in the Gospels between Jesus, well, you hear about his birth, don't you? You get up there, he was around about two. And then you hear and look, you think when he was 12, this little episode when he went to Jerusalem. But apart from that, you don't hear anything else before he's 30. There's no real record. And so we can only imagine that Jesus was like hanging out, <laughs> enjoying life. The God who had created the whole world, who he had been with at the beginning. And so in that, Jesus must have fostered certain rhythms and practices and disciplines that helped him when he came to the time of his ministry. And if Jesus needed these things in his life or chose at least to adopt these things into our life, how much more we kind of broken, sinful people. So it says on the screen this great quote from, from Dallas Willard, we can through faith and grace through God's help become like Christ by practicing the types of activities he engaged in, by arranging our whole lives around the activities he himself practiced in order to remain constantly at home in the fellowship of the Father. And so we have been um, trying to encourage the church family here over the next today and over the next three more weeks to look at them um, four areas of our lives is that quadrant the next one yeah so four areas of our lives a life of prayer and abiding the family and relationships that we have in our life 
the work of our hands and what we get to do every day, and then how we do that in a restful and healthy way. And so today and the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at each one of those quadrants. And today it's the prayer one, okay? So just a few more thoughts, and then we'd love you to think about reflecting this as you leave today. Jesus lived a life of abiding in the Father's love. Jesus lived a life of anchoring in the love of the Father. And he, um, he was always doing what the Father did. Check out this other scripture. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only, see what, he can only do sorry, what he sees the Father doing because whatever the Father does, the Son does. So Jesus and the Father are in this constant relationship. Check out the next verse. Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. Listen to this. The Father has given me all things to do and say. This is a unique father-son operation, coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the son the way the father does. No, the father the way the son does, but I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. It's it's an incredible picture of Jesus and the fathers kind of walking together in friendship, in communion, in ongoing, free-flowing relationship. Jesus lived a life that was full because he was always walking in the love of the Father. And that provides an incredible uh, model and witness for us today. We're dedicating children today. The best thing that we can do for them is help them be anchored in unconditional love. Isn't that right? To help them understand who they are and whose they are. As Christians, we want them to understand who they are and whose they are. That, and as parents, we want to try and model that. And we want to help them know that as well as being incredibly and unconditionally loved by God, that they need something more than just us as parents. They need someone more than just us as parents. They need Jesus. They need the love of the Father to come and forgive them and cleanse them and change them from the inside out. We, and and we, want to put, we want them to be anchored in that. This is what I would call, it's on the screen, I think, this is what I would call confident sonship, or if you're a lady, yeah, confident daughterhood, if I could use that phrase. But I'm, I'm referring to Jesus here because Jesus walked around in what I would call confident sonship. He wasn't proud. He was anything but. He was the most humble person that ever lived. But he was confident in who the Father had called him to be. He knew who he was and whose he was. And this is the greatest gift that we can give our, our kids. But what I have observed in life, I'm just over 40 now. Um, and I've got, well, 42. I'm sort of just, anyway. I, was, I, was, I forgot what age it was the other day. But anyway, that's the age I am. It's, it's all right to say just over if you're 42. How long can you say that for? Anyway, so I have found that the longer, the longer I have lived, most people do not walk on this in life. Most people live their lives comparing their lives to everybody else. Grow up, you know, their whole life is, is, is um, influenced by maybe siblings that they had rivalry with, maybe friends that they've compared themselves to, maybe trying to gain the affection of a mother and father that they never felt that they really were loved for who they were. Most people do not walk in confident sonship or confident. It's the root of so many of our problems in life and in society because people do not know who they are and whose they are. 
There's this wonderful little phrase when Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. It often goes missing. But just before he washed the feet of the disciples, it says the scripture, Jesus, knowing where he came from and where he was going, took a towel and washed the feet of his disciples. You see, when you know who you are and whose you are, it doesn't matter whose feet you wash. Jesus walked around with this sense of confidence, sonship, and the Father wanted Jesus to know that. So when Jesus was baptized and he came up out of the water and the dove rests upon his head, the voice comes out of heaven that says, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, God, we often think the Father could have said anything to Jesus at that point. He could have said, Jesus, you're about to go on three years of ministry. Watch out for those Pharisees. He could have said, they're going to say this about you. They're going to do that about you. He could have given them a few tips, you know, for the next few years. But Jesus chose to say one sentence. And this is, or sorry, the Father chose to say one sentence over Jesus. And what he said was, you are my son. And I'm proud of you. I love you. You belong to me. And, um, and Jesus grew into that sonship, that understanding of confidence, sonship. And how did he do that? And just really quickly, one to speed through a few slides with a scripture in each one to say, here's the practices that Jesus had in order for him to anchor his whole life in the love of the Father. Here they are. First one, his prayer life. Jesus, it says in Luke, often withdrew lonely to lonely places and prayed. Like Jesus prayed. Like Jesus, who was God, prayed to the Father because as a man he wanted and he needed to be anchored in the love of the Father. And so he, he prayed. He had, a, he had a disciplined, regular rhythm of prayer. Secondly, he fasted. Now, we don't always love the thought of that one, sure. We don't, particularly coming off the back of Christmas, right? But it tells us that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after that, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Right, Jesus, what I, what I should say is Jesus loved food. He loved it that much that he was accused of being a drunkard and a glutton, right? So he loved, he loved eating with his friends and his family. He, it was a gift from God. But he knew there were certain times in his life, in order to sharpen his senses, that he would give up food in order to become more desperate to know and to be grounded and anchored in the love of the Father. Because, here's the thing, after he was led by the Spirit to be tempted in the, by the devil... What was the thing? This, so, by the way, this is straight after Jesus was baptized. So that bit where I said, the father said, you're my son and I, who I love. The, next, the very next chapter, he's in the wilderness. Now, what does the devil go after? He goes after his, his sonship. He says, if you are the son of God, because that's the way the enemy works, isn't it? If you are. He just like, tries to twist what God says. And so Jesus is able to respond to that. But Jesus fasted so we would have the spiritual authority and energy and vitality to be able to overcome. And in this world that we live in, we, are, we get distracted. We get, we get the enemy wants to steal and kill and destroy. That's why we're praying for these kids. Because make no mistake about it, the enemy wants to ruin their lives. He wants to steal and kill and destroy. He wants to take them out. He wants to, he, wants to, he wants to destroy their lives. That's why we pray for them. That's why we bless them. That's why we want to commit ourselves to them. That's why parents make decisions to have them dedicated because we want them to have life in all its fullness. And that's what we're committed to. But in order for them to grow in that, we need, we need practices like, like Jesus. And so following on from that as well as fasting, Jesus was anchored in God's word. So 
the enemy comes, this is the next verse, and says, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He's like, go on, Jesus, you're the Son of God. Do something like, do something impressive. Do something like, be like the star. Like, show everybody how cool you are. Like, and Jesus wasn't tempted by that kind of showmanship of the enemy. And Jesus says, look, he says, for it is written. Now, sometimes we can think just because he was God, he had some kind of like, you know, I don't know, ability to like just throw a scripture out whenever. But Jesus had always learned the word of God. He had learned and grown in it and read it and had a practice of it. And so he, Jesus is able to come back with the word of God. So this would have been a scripture from the Old Testament. He will command his angels concerning you. And they will lift you up on their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Okay? So Jesus was anchored in God. Already read the Bible. And this helped him maintain a life of abiding. And then, last one or two here, just silence and solitude. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Right? Solid. Jesus had a discipline of just getting away from everything, right? Of just like, I'm going to get up early or I'm going to do something. I'm going to physically go somewhere where it's quiet so I can be alone with the Father. And then finally, Jesus had and did this in community and friendship. He, he knew that part of his life of abiding wasn't just being in solitude, but was also being with friends. He had a lovely balance of both. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know what his master's doing. Instead, I have called you friends for everything I have learned from the Father I have made known to you. Jesus did this in friendship with others. And so, as we bring this to a conclusion this morning, um, Jesus built these kind of rhythms into his life to enjoy life in all its fullness. How much more do you and I, if we, if we want to have lives that look like Jesus and embody the presence of Jesus, how much more do you and I need to think about healthy rhythms in our life in order that we might be people who are fully alive? The enemy wants to distract us. It's just the sea that we swim in. It's just the world that we live in. We're just, it's just, it's just uh, our, our spiritual lives are always under threat. Our lives themselves are under threat all the time. The enemy w w wants to steal and kill and destroy and, and so what we, what we have to learn how to do is abide, abide in Jesus. And so Jesus knew that we would need help with this. Jesus knew that we would need a picture of what this kind of life might look like. And he left us with one of the most beautiful passages of Scripture in the whole Bible. I'm going to finish with here in John chapter 15. You might have heard these words. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And it goes on. Next slide. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I don't know if you noticed, but the word remain there was used eight times in the first eight verses. In the Greek, it's the word menin. 
in John's gospel, it's used 63 times itself. And Jesus had to learn to do this with his disciples because it's what he wants us to do. He wants us to remain in him. Jesus doesn't want the kind of relationship with us where like come to church on Sunday and sing a few songs and pray a few prayers now and again and call out to me when you need me. Jesus wants to walk an intimate, ongoing friendship with us. That's what he wants. We have a choice if we want to respond to that or not. And in order to do that, we can put certain disciplines and rhythms into our lives. And so for our church family, um, what we're going to do is, um, yeah, we don't have time to do this this morning, but we have these little cards, which um, I think there's another picture of the quadrant up there. Yeah. So what we'd love um, you, you to think about doing over the next week is, on this top left one, the prayer and abiding, we'd love you to think of some of the practices and rhythms, really get really practical about this, that you might need to think about in order to help you maintain a life of prayer and a life of abiding. And so here, so I'm, I'm always feel slightly uncomfortable doing this because I don't want it to look like I'm virtue singling here by showing you mine. Um, but I'm just trying to like give you some practical ways that I try to do this. And then hopefully that might inspire you to think about how you do this. But ver you need to do this for you. The Holy Spirit needs to lead you to do that. Okay. And so in, in, in mine, so my, my, my goal this year, if you like, is, is I want to try to spend like somewhere on average of 20 minutes a day, just at the start of a day with the Lord. I would love it to be longer. Some days it'll probably be a bit shorter. Some days it might be a bit longer. But I want to spend those 10 minutes just in, in, in silence before the Lord. I want to sometimes listen to worship music. Sometimes you just sit and watch the, kind of let the sun come in through the window and the chair that I've got that sits right by the window. And I just receive this as the sun shines in my face, not loads of it these days, but as the, as the sun shines in my face, just receive the love of God. And I, and I write my thoughts down some often. I, I, I journal those. I want to do the reading plan, as Debbie mentioned as well within that time. In, in the evening, I like to kind of try and close out my day. I use a little app, which is brilliant, Lectio 365. It's brilliant. I often use it. Or sometimes, because I've got a dog now, it's a great opportunity to go for a walk at night and to reflect a little bit in my day, to give thanks to God, to think about things that maybe I should have done a bit better and just to ask for forgiveness. Not to feel guilty, but just to, feel, just to, just to ask the Lord to change and transform me by His grace. Um, I, I, I'd like, we're hopefully maybe thinking of calling the church to some kind of a fast as we move towards 40 days before Easter. So I'm trying to think about what I, what I could do and uh, gear, gear myself up for that. Um, I, 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 I like reading other people's devotional books. So um, they're usually little short things. And so I'm going to try and read and focus on at least one of those a month and just to help me kind of come deeper into the walk with God. Um, if Rachel allows me, I'm going to try and take three days at some point this year. I'm going to diary it in because I have to because I just fill my diary if I don't, where I just like go to the mountains or drive my car somewhere else and just maybe take my journal or walk a beach somewhere or whatever and just like talk to the Lord and allow myself to be reset and reorientated in order that where I'm going this year is aligned with the Spirit of God. Um, I want to journal more this year. I haven't done it as much, and I like doing that. I find it help. I want to commit to corporate prayer because it's great to do this in relationship and in friendship and with the church community. And what I try to do is as well, I have a prayer focus for others as well each day. So as I, as I abide, I try to overflow with that in my prayer life. So I pick one of my, I've got three sisters, and they've got loads of grandkids, and I've got my mom and dad. So I pick one of those each day, and I pray for my own family. Um, and that might be while I'm driving the car, when I'm going for a walk, or when I'm finishing off my day, 
or you know, I pick somebody in church that I might pray for, um, and I sort of try to have a prayer focus each day, and that just kind of keeps me disciplined. It's Monday. Monday's a prayer for my mom and dad. I'll, I'll do that, or choose, you know, and as I go through my day, I have those little, have those little reminders. And so, what what I, what I want us to do is, I want us to get really practical about this. In the next few weeks ahead, for those of you in our church family, we're actually going to stop and take five minutes at the end to reflect and to encourage you to kind of start jotting things down either on a piece of paper like this or on your phone or something so that over the next month we can help you craft a rule of life. So come prepared as we continue to kind of participate in this and engage with this over the next few weeks and let's be people that embody the principles and practices and rhythms of Jesus in our life in order that we might be those who live life in all its fullness and become a witness to the watching world. Amen. Let me pray for you before we finish today. And then we'll um, continue to celebrate together. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you that you are here with us. We thank you, Father, for particularly this morning. We want to thank you for Eli and Matthew and for their families, oh God, and for their wider families that are with us today. We bless you, God, for these boys and we pray your hand upon them and upon their families today and Lord as they continue to, to, to meet and to chat and to be family together today we pray that your spirit would uh, just rest on them in a, in a beautiful way Lord would you continue on with us would you continue to speak to us Lord all by your spirit about the life that you're calling us to live would you give us a vision God for what it is to take up your invitation to life in all its fullness and would you help us to make the decisions that we need to make in order to choose that life and to choose to walk towards that life. So come now by your spirit. Bless this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great stuff. Thanks so much for being with us. Uh, there's no rush away. We're here uh, with another service at 11 o'clock, but we've plenty of time in between that just to, um, just to chat and to feel free to mingle with one another. All right. Lord bless you.